the great indian political weekly hello and welcome to this edition of the great indian political weekly covering important developments in the indian political cultural and social landscape i am sandeep balakrishna i am hari ravi kumar so the topic for today's episode is something squalid for god examining the cult of mother teresa and her missionaries of charity first let's begin by reading out a news report from the times of india dated july 6th 2018 according to the times of india report sister consilia a nun at missionaries of charities nirmal hriday home was arrested in ranchi for allegedly selling a child of an unwed mother the missionaries of charity was set up by nobel laureate mother teresa ranchi superintendent of police anish gupta said two arrests have been made a worker at the home was arrested on wednesday we have also got the details of three children who were sold by them to different couples we are in the process of verifying their addresses nirmal hriday at ranchi's jail road offers shelter for unwed minor mothers and differently abled people the home had 11 pregnant girls and around 75 differently abled persons living there sister consilia was a head of the unwed mothers section cwc member tanushree sarkar said we have moved the 11 girls to karuna shelter home and sealed that section of nirmal hriday sarkar also said after the incident in one branch we cannot trust the other branches of missionaries of charity and we will not be sending children to them for shelter for now on sarkar said of the 11 pregnant girls at the home at least 3 were never produced at cwc as per the law any minor child in need of care and protection should first be produced before the committee together with this report nuns have confessed on open camera to various journalists of uh, different media outlets of a scheme which uh, we can call buy 3 get 1 free that means you buy 3 infants and nirmal hriday or missionaries of charity will give one infant free this is a nun confessing on open camera without heed for any consequences or whatever message that would send out to the society and the nation at large hari what do you make of this i think one of the things that in our societies we are very scared to talk about is about saints the moment somebody is made a saint and put on a pedestal somehow we are not allowed to critically examine them now take the case of gandhi nobody is allowed to say anything about gandhi or even nehru or periyar and one more in this long list is a one time obscure albanian nun who was made famous by a bbc documentary popularly known as mother teresa and she became a pop icon to the extent that there is even a rajnikanth joke which says you know there was a girl who was making noise in school and rajnikanth said keep quiet and then later she grows up to become mother teresa 
So <laughs> to the extent that from a saint to a pop icon, she's all these things. But uh, we have seen in history that the media machinations have tried so many times to make sinners into saints. And uh, the enduring legacy of hell's angel continues even after her death. That's what is very evident from the news report that you just read out. Now, um, I would like to ask you um, what this means when we are talking about such a respected institution in the minds of the Indian people, uh, the missionaries of charity, uh, it evokes, you know, especially that blue and uh, uh, white sari evokes a certain kind of, uh, you know, karuna rasa almost in the minds of people. But what bhayanaka rasa is behind that um, and uh, how this is being played out by the media, um, would you like to comment on that? Well, there are a couple of uh, threads on this, uh, Karuna, uh, Karuna Rasa, etc. But what I would like to kind of uh, clarify is that the institution by itself is not respected as much as the person who built it, for want of a better word. Mm -hmm. That is the so-called Mother Teresa. Each time you need to refer to her as Mother, uh, make sure that you include that in bold and quotes. She was a mother for none as uh, we shall see and she is the one who set up this uh, missionaries of charity first in the slums of Kolkata and uh, also known as Nirmal Hriday or Pure Heart. Now there are so many people who come to India who have come on evangelical missions uh, right from the you know British period and even before that and especially in uh, the post-colonial period we have a lot of people who have come from highly funded by foreign uh, churches come to India. Why did this obscure Albanian nun, uh, whose name we find it difficult to pronounce, become so famous? Well, for that you need to go back uh, to the 50s actually, for some history. Uh, at that time, Malcolm Magridge, a lot of people have forgotten this name, but then he was a world famous uh, journalist for BBC. He was the guy who actually first uh, kind of discovered her for want of a better word again and then he launched her and he popularized her on the global scale to the extent that it mother teresa became a cult she's no saint as we shall see uh, but he popularized a cult when he visited her missionaries of charity home uh, ostensibly to do a documentary for the bbc and then uh, he wrote a spurious pamphlet called Something Beautiful for God, which was also the you know, title of his uh, BBC documentary. And uh, perhaps the cult of Mother Teresa or rather Mother Teresa, her missionaries of charity, Nirmal Hriday, wouldn't have been a cult, but for this one man. And now also Sandeep, tell us a little bit about the pioneering work that has been done by people like Christopher Hitchens. Uh, in bringing to light the lies and deceit and fraud of Teresa? Well, actually, uh, almost 95% uh, or at the any rate, uh, more than 75% of credit for exposing this fraud named Mother Teresa should squarely go to Christopher Hitchens. Uh, when he said, I mean, his missionaries, uh, the mission, his book, The Missionary Position, is a classic in its own right. 
and uh, it is actually a extremely good uh, case study for how to write an iconoclastic and well researched and uh, a book that uses reason and uh, logic to dispel myths it is a it is a cult classic in many way dispelling the myth of a cult called uh, mother teresa so when he when malcolm magridge and his gang started making all these extraordinary claims christopher hitchens asked one simple question why is that the kind of claims that uh, they made and there is a little bit of a back story to magridge also uh, malcolm magridge uh, took his camera crew his documentary crew uh, to obviously shoot the film the documentary there and uh, at that time uh, his photographer was using i think uh, a new innovation developed by uh, in film developed by kodak and uh, when he shot that uh, in the process of making the documentary when this photographer shot some pictures inside the uh, building of missionaries of charity there uh, uh, he found that the exposure and there's a beautiful light and he exclaimed that you know this is extremely good quality film that this is a great innovation that kodak has done and that you know we must going forward we must use this immediately malcolm magridge and the words of christopher hitchens that old fraud and mount bank <laughs> malcolm magridge told him shut up this is no innovation of by kodak uh, but it's actually divine light that was enough and this is a starting point of sorts that hitchens took uh before he began to systematically clinically demolish uh, inquire and demolish the myth of mother teresa so that that's a long story uh, cutting it short and there's also a lot of evidence after hitchens work which i think came out in 1995 there's a lot of other evidence against the missionaries of charity so uh, sandeep tell us a little bit about the kind of uh, scary stories out of nirmal huday well for one thing uh, uh we can do this in two uh, different ways but uh, we'll do this in reverse chronology uh it is now very well known that uh, missionaries of charity happens to be the largest donor uh to the vatican bank controlled entirely by the pope or rather the vatican church right so how did this kind of money and it has uh, uh, missionaries of charity has uh, missions and whatever nunneries and Uh, cloisters in about more than 150 countries in the world so all this kind of money is has never been audited it has never been audited so far never been taxed never been taxed so from this when we you know kind of uh, do a flashback for all her claims of serving the poor and the destitute and the sick and the dying and the near dying for all that this kind of wealth she could have built a hospital in every city in india but she didn't and in fact you know when i was uh, preparing for this uh, discussion with you uh, one thing that struck me was when you see the name missionaries of charity it's so cleverly constructed because missionaries suggest uh, christian missionaries so the people who are getting the benefits should be reinforced with the fact that this is christianity helping them which will eventually help them convert or change their mind and charity is a very nice word for fundraising so you can go to all the corporates and other people uh, with fat uh, you know wallets and ask for money so you get a lot of money and you build your brand uh, so that you can easily uh, convert people uh, down the line so clearly i think uh, if you 
look at the name itself there is so much of uh, uh, hidden agenda in it oh there's nothing hidden there i mean the moment you use the word missionary it is damn clear it is damn clear that is the reason uh, that hitchens has titled this book beautifully the missionary position it's a i mean it it's is a pun at multiple it's levels pun pun at multiple levels it's called a missionary position in a sexual way it is called a missionary position because of everything that this nun of the vatican mission or whatever the, the catholic church of the catholic church stands for absolutely absolute christian catholic christian fundamental uh, fundamentalism and i think in in a sense let's just uh, go back a little now to how this developed in india with the the british colonial uh, uh, imperialist uh, uh, system the east india company and uh, the takeover by the british uh, government all through they were supporting evangelical activities all through they were supporting uh, activities of proselytization and conversion and uh, even today the lands that the church owns in india is all gifts of the the british government no absolutely so uh, colonialism and evangelism was uh, one of the key organs of uh, british colonial uh, policy in india so on our part the native indians hindus what do you want to call them the moment we got freedom in 47 the first thing we should have done is to have nationalized all the church lands and i make no apologies or no bones about this because all that land imagine this hari if i tell you and i'm sure you know this that the catholic church or whatever the christian church is the second largest land owner after the government of india and this land owning is growing with each year and who is to blame it is nehru because the moment we got independence in 47 he made this whole status quo uh, saint nehru yeah <laughs> he made this whole status quo thing so that now there is no possibility like exactly like you said you know we have made him also a saint so anything that he has done any tampering in the constitution that has been done by nehru and indira gandhi is somehow uh, you know is accepted today but if no, some beyond scrutiny yeah it's beyond scrutiny and today if you know uh, modi wants to say, suggest some possible change because the constitution is not a holy book so when you want to suggest a change based on the changing society suddenly people are like oh how can you touch the constitution so i think this this whole tying in of the british imperialism with evangelism uh, led to a, a lot of power in the hands of uh, christians in india right from the start the church in india because that's wherever it's gone across africa it is ra- ravaged you know wherever it has set foot and managed to convert at least 50% of the population the, the the original culture is gone i mean this is a fact of history and also one one thing that a lot of people would would ask is okay so they are converting uh, uh, you know hindus or jains or muslims or whatever into christianity what's wrong with that what's the big deal so i think that one of the very good answers to this question was given by dr sl bhairappa when he spoke at, at a seminar on oh, conversion yeah, i remember that yeah. uh, you were also a part of it uh, he said that the problem is that christianity is a predator religion and since it grew up in an environment which is to conquer nature the whole idea is to convert people into their belief and what happens is then there is a natural intolerance of other faiths and we have seen so many examples of how 
pedophilia and child trafficking are epidemics in the Catholic Church. And you know, recently they even made a movie, right? Uh, Spotlight. Spotlight, yeah. Which was based on the Boston Globe uh, expose. So, but that's the other thing. The church global apparatus has taken this. It's perfected to an art form. No matter how many thousands of instances of pedophilia gets reported, nothing ever happens to those priests. They, you know, quietly go underground. It's either buried or they go quietly underground, and then things are normal, business as usual. Yeah, this is something that no government, no tyrant was able to. Even Stalin wasn't able to kind of, uh, you know, reach this level of perfection. Yeah, because they they made conversion into a business, into a game, and and vulnerability is a playground. So whenever somebody is vulnerable, now even if you look at the early history of uh, the missionaries of charity in Calcutta, when leprosy struck, it was a disease uh, feared by a lot of people, and not. Uh, too many people were willing to help lepers. So then, this was seen as an opportunity by Teresa, and she said, "Oh, this is a great, uh, you know, ground, harvesting ground for the souls." Absolutely, Hari. Absolutely, go on, go on. So then she goes there in the guise of trying to help the lepers and give them a home. What she's basically doing is getting them converted. And that's that's always been the agenda, right? I mean, if no, you that's how it is because in uh, one of her so-called confessions, I forget where, she declares that the mission and the sole purpose of her life is to be united with our Lord, uh, the Son of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. How does she do it? By harvesting souls, like you said. Each soul that came into her nirmal hriday, pure heart, her ashram, her. Home, home of whatever missionaries of charity. Every single person, poor, destitute, dying, sick, was a potential soul to be harvested. You utter the baptism mantra in that guy's ears before he dies; he becomes Christian. Ah, Lord, I have sent you one more soul. Yeah, and also this is a business model now, especially if you look at the way uh, Christianity's demographics have changed in in Europe and the church-going population has reduced drastically. A lot of people still have some connection to the religious setting. So all they do is a checkbook charity. And where does that money come? It comes to places like India, Africa for uh, conversion activities. And people actually paid money for converting people uh, from from Hinduism. No, it's, it's a great uh, whatever network marketing method, pyramid marketing method, and checkbook charity is a, a very interesting usage. I must thank you for that, because here's the thing, and this ties into uh, you know the etymological usage you just asked me a while back about why is it called missionaries of charity? According to Christian doctrine, the good Lord. The God provides everything. So, if the God always provides everything, why is there even the need for something called a missionaries of charity to exist in the first place? Who even asks? These are fundamental questions, Hari. Yeah. So, this is what this cult building does to you. It makes you suspend your disbelief. I mean, you sus willingly suspend your disbelief when reading a work of fiction. And also, another thing is, this is not fiction. This is this is a barefaced. Lie, a fraud, open fraud that you can see every day. But it has been so well masqueraded by the mainstream media in India, and I think this is also the case in a lot of places in in Africa and uh, South America, where the mainstream media is largely Christian. 
In India, for example, the English media is largely owned by Christian concerns and therefore they constantly play out this grand narrative of how the church is always helpful, how it always uh, is kind and nice. And similarly, you know, uh, we also see Bollywood, Bollywood, exactly. Bollywood. You will never see a depiction of a priest who is a pedophile. Yeah. The last movie, uh, you know, there was a Malayalam movie, I think. No, sorry, an Sins. English movie. Sins. Yeah. Uh, who was that disgraced guy now? The shiny Ahuja, who was a real life uh, yeah, real rapist. Life rapist or whatever. So he's shown as an, a father who has a, an affair with some nun. Hot, hot looking nun. So that movie, I, I don't think it had a theatrical release. I'm not sure you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But then. The, uh, perhaps that was the last. Uh, that was movie the that probably only. Uh, uh, the only movie, perhaps. Otherwise, Bollywood depictions of all these priests are, you know, they are elevated a step above God. Yeah, and you you see that especially in Tamil movies. You oh know? Yeah, yeah. Tamil movies, particularly, they've been painted as such uh, noble people that they can never go wrong, and. Uh, in fact, the, the the more religious he is, he is shown to be better. Huh? Whereas if totally. they show a Hindu Purohita, the more religious he is, the more evil he becomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this is the kind of... Uh, That's a topic we should uh, explore in detail. Uh, another day. Another day. But then coming back to uh, Mother Teresa uh, and her cult. Uh, somewhere I read, uh, I forget where, I think in Vanity Fair, uh, she is described by uh, Hitchens as the worst human embodiment of the worst of Catholic fundamentalism. Obviously, I am paraphrasing it because I can't recall it uh, offhand. Uh, what is important uh, to also look at uh, in her modus operandi is that there is an element of extreme uh, heartlessness and uh, heartlessness and uh, sadism. Uh, there is an anecdote that uh, Hitchens narrates that. Uh, once Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, had tried to comfort uh, a screaming sufferer by, you know, this is unbelievable, yeah. This guy is screaming in pain, some cancer, some terminally ill guy. He is screaming in pain and she tells him, you are suffering. That means Jesus is kissing you. That sufferer screams back furious, then tell your Jesus to stop kissing me. Yeah, and if people are happy, if people are comfortable, then she will be jobless. If people were not in pain, that's a, that's a if people idea. were not suffering, they will not have anything to do. So therefore, I, people like Teresa, they thrive in these kind of environments. They thrive in places where people are struggling and where people are vulnerable. vulnerable. Because that point. is the playing ground for harvesting the soul. And you're, you're at your weakest psychologically, psychologically, emotionally. And you just want somebody to give you a you know word of solace. And if that word of solace is Jesus loves you, then so be it. You never know. They could go in that direction. In fact, I remember reading, you know, people how you know how these people abuse their power. There was this guy called Sangliana who was a ah, yeah, yeah. He was a very powerful guy. Yeah, and when whenever somebody as a commissioner. Yeah, whenever yeah. people would go to him, apparently when they had trouble, he would say, you know, don't worry, we'll help you, and then give them a Bible. So this is what he used to do. So people like this in power, when they forget the fact that they are serving a nation, they are serving <coughs> serving a people, and they instead use it as an opportunity to push their own agenda, then 
where is the honesty in public life forget honesty that is what these predatory religions do and they that are expected is, to do that is the extreme uh, hold that they have on your psyche and such a person is going to be praised by his uh, parent religion such a person is going to be decorated by his parent religion yeah that's because uh, somewhere along the line your entire system beat public discourse your media your education from right from school all the way up to university has uh, erased i won't say erased or has nearly erased the capacity to think uh, critically to distinguish what is harmful to you to your family to your psyche to your deepest held convictions in whatever form they are yeah and uh, now moving towards the kind of reaction uh, around this so for example if the same thing had happened uh, in a different context all these politicians would be up in arms saying this is you know this is ridiculous and they should be sent to jail and they should be shut down there would be a ban on missionaries of charity if it was god forbid a hindu organization and did you read what mamta banerjee has to say about all this no she said it's a conspiracy of the bjp so that is the point right she is so far down on the deep end i seriously doubt and and i'm saying this with utmost respect to mamta didi i seriously suspect her sanity i think she needs to get checked in fact i suspect that she is still a hindu politics no no forget her politics forget her pampering of these jihadi elements and church and whoever it is forget her hatred for bjp i mean what you just said what you quoted uh, her statement is saying uh, i deeply suspect her sanity and yeah. real i mean like, yeah i mean for compassion it doesn't make any sense right i mean yeah. why would nuns are declaring openly that you know they have this buy three get one free scheme and she's saying this is a bjp conspiracy there's something seriously wrong with her and sanity the people are not even considering what mother teresa has to say in her own interviews in her own private letters perhaps we should read that out actually yeah uh just give me a minute there was uh, there was a famous case right when she wrote to a californian judge ah that is a uh, asking a, him to uh, you know condone some uh, keating what charles keating charles keating is one of the more infamous or perhaps the largest uh, defrauder of public money in uh, the us in perhaps the mid 80s or early 90s i don't uh, i can't uh, recall the exact dates but then he started the ponzi scheme called the uh, lincoln savings and loans or something like that yeah 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 so this man uh, he like like these fly by night chit fund operators he's something similar to that in the us so this man uh, had his own private jets he lived a very lavish lifestyle obviously by stealing other people's money under dubious schemes and then he also uh, lent his private jet to mother teresa and donated a lot of money uh, i think about uh, more than a million dollars in those days so he was obviously caught jailed and then uh, he was facing uh, uh, a pretty much criminal sentence punishment basically then this woman writes an unsolicited and extremely gratuitous letter to the judge asking you know uh, him if, whether he was a true christian and whether he in the name of jesus christ in the name of jesus christ yes please forgive this man you know he has a great heart he's worked uh, donated so much towards the service of the lord blah 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 so the uh, 
deputy district uh, attorney for uh, Los Angeles uh, was also the co-prosecutor -co of uh, Charles Keating. This uh, guy's name is Paul Turley and I'll just read out uh, his reply to Mother, Teresa, Mother Teresa's letter. Mother Teresa, you urge Judge Ito to look into the heart as he sentences Charles Keating and do what Jesus would do. I submit the same challenge to you. Ask yourself what Jesus would do if he were given the fruits of a crime. What Jesus would do if he were in possession of money that had been stolen. What Jesus would do if he were being exploited by a thief to ease his conscience. You have, you have been given money by Mr. Keating that he has been convicted of stealing by fraud. Do not permit him the indulgence he desires. Obviously, Mother Teresa, even after his uh, Keating was sentenced, never bothered to reply. And never bothered to return the money. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, the whole idea is that they are basically trying to fundraise to convert. And, uh, you know, there's a famous uh, interview where uh, they say somebody asked her about the way in which she dealt with Christian uh, patients and non-Christian patients. Right, so I think uh, this was uh, <clears throat> in a larger context and not limited to just Christian and non-Christian parents. Uh, this was in an interview in uh, 1983 in, uh, published in India today. So the interviewer asks, as a Christian missionary, do you adopt a position of neutrality between Christian poor and other poor? Mother Teresa, I am not neutral, I have my faith. That means Christianity. Yeah, so clearly she is saying that all poor people are equal, but some poor people are more equal than other poor people. Because they are Christians or they are going to be Christians. Yes. Right. Interviewer. Can the church do any wrong? Teresa. No. As long as it stands on the side of God. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Which God is the question that you have to ask. No, even if it is their God, somebody can always take a line from the Bible and say, you know, this is what it is. So therefore, it is basically saying the church can do anything it wants as long as it has enough evidence to connect it to some, you know, line from the Bible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Interviewer, mother, if you were born in the Middle Ages and you were asked at the time of Galileo's Inquisition to take sides, which would you have chosen? The church or modern astronomy? Teresa smiling. The church. This is a lady who, I mean, it can't get more open than this. And I think, you know, if we just take... And one of the icons, uh, the pictures that used to adorn the uh, pamphlets and the posters of this failed politician, Chiranjeevi, at Prajaraja party, was Mother Teresa. Yeah, it's... I mean, this is a con job of, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, Himalayan proportion. Himalayan proportion. No, and also, if you look at the way this, uh, you know, pans out in the larger context, and when going back to what Dr. Bhairapa says, um, what are the dangers if uh, you convert? Is that you are going to fight against abortion? You're going to fight against all the um, things that come from modern science. There's going to be a constant struggle between your you know, 2000 year old philosophy and ideas and modern science. 
there's going to be a fight between science and ethics between science and religion you're going to go back to dark ages basically was there for thousand years yeah as simple as that and on the other hand you have enlightened systems like hinduism and buddhism and jainism and all this where there is openness to question where there is no constant battle between science and ethics no hindu in india will disagree with you know evolution or uh, the heliocentric theory hari you can abuse your own uh, deities man yeah you have so It much get better than that yeah, you have so much of freedom and what is the common understanding in india sarva dharma samabhava can there be anything more dissolution than this that dubious man this is dubious yeah. and i mean who who are you trying to fool by saying uh, everything is the same there is a huge difference in you know the whole semantic way of thinking and the eastern way of thinking which is far more open and accommodative which is why people are at peace with each other absolutely so on the thing of predatory uh, religions that grew up in desert um, there's also this notion this comparison of desert religions versus forest religions because jungle forest religions because when you grow up in close proximity to nature you automatically derive ways a human system evolution the mind and your impulses when you are in tune with nature you also find ways to live in harmony with nature absolutely you won't be you won't look at nature as an enemy to be fought constantly and to be overpowered to be exploited absolutely this and is a key difference and when you are looking at this larger thread running through these semitic faiths and the kind of horrific results like this you know child trafficking and um, pedophilia no and they, they, the, the the larger point is sorry to interrupt you here you mentioned child trafficking and you know selling of infants poor infants it's as if their souls are so barren that they don't look at this thing they don't think twice be- before doing this yeah it, it breaks your heart when you just read this yeah absolutely and not only are they doing such activities they are also projecting themselves as saviors absolutely you see the christian doctrine itself says the devil speaks in folk tongues yeah and once you have this halo of piety uh it's almost that you have to kind of uh, you're beyond question yeah and also you know like uh, you were mentioning the other day this blue and white sari has been copyrighted so you exactly. can't why, the, why does a charitable institution need a copyright for something as as stupid and as commonplace as a pattern or multicolored sari because of branding there you go you can't copy pepsi logo you can't copy blue and white sari so therefore there is no doubt that this is a very well thought out business enterprise totally it's a criminal enterprise if you i don't know <laughs> there's a criminal enterprise i mean there's no why do you want to you know uh, mince words when you have to say the truth right yeah and then why is this not considered as a criminal enterprise because there is because a christian law yes but there's also a christian vote bank in india you don't want to mess that vote bank so you don't say anything everybody is trying to vie for this because there is a, a clear bunch of these vote banks in india and nobody no political party want to you know uh, affect any of these vote banks and this vote bank continues to grow by i mean this is such a beautiful scheme on the one hand you don't want to piss off this vote bank on the other after every 5 years when election comes you notice that thanks to conversion this vote bank keeps growing 
it keeps growing larger exactly so then as this grows larger then no longer are they vote bank they become the majority and then for example you see in kerala the the kind of cover up that happens is far more than other places mm, it is very true. difficult to uh, you know do an expose in kerala because every third guy is probably a christian or every second guy i don't know oh man you should actually uh, one of my uh, friends who's a malayali from he has deep roots in kerala he says that these guys these uh, followers of peaceful religions they have <laughs> they have divided cut up kerala uh, into two neat halves with trishur as the midpoint north of trishur is all the followers of the religion of peace south of trishur is all the followers of religion of love it it is evident it's visible man so this is very interesting i will to that it's a small state i mean you can cover it, all of kerala uh, if you go a road trip of about a week or 10 days yeah it's and there it's right in front of your face it's very interesting kerala since you brought it up you know when you look at the history <laughs> of uh, uh, christian muslim encounters for so many thousands of years they've always been fighting and crusades and you know at each other's throats suddenly in kerala it's all peace and love and uh, not anymore not anymore but that's because now not anymore because the christian girls are getting love jihaded ah well then the problem is going to start but go. even then even then comparatively you see that there is a lot more uh, bond homey between these two faiths in kerala mm. because it's a hindu majority country no, they have to keep out the common enemy yeah mm. the, or the common target group so i think i mean and also if you see in the doctrine of islam right first is the kafirs then come the people of the book mm. and then come you know other people like shias and ahmadiyas so it's it's a hierarchy they start eating themselves that's yeah so that, that's the hierarchy so um <laughs> right so there's this interesting uh, uh, thing that i was looking at uh, the mother teresa myth requires the indians to play the role of hapless victims what do you think Uh, of mother teresa and of the image she gives of india this is asked to hitchens this is asked to christopher hitchens uh, hitchens replies i have got an enormous pile of coverage from india where my book was published and the reviews seem to be overwhelmingly favorable there are many indians who object to the image of their society and its people that is projected from mother teresa and from a fans you would receive the impression that in calcutta there is nothing but torpor squalor and misery and people barely have the energy to brush the flies from their eyes really and truly that is a slander on a fantastically interesting brave highly evolved and cultured city which has universities film schools theaters bookshops literary cafes people do not tug at your sleeve and beg they are proud of the fact that they don't so what does this tell you about how mother teresa built her cult and her global enterprise and what is so ironic when when you when you say this uh, uh, statement of hitchens and i i kind of go back to uh, some of my discussions when i was in calcutta and there are people in calcutta oh yeah that who have spoken I, to yeah 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 i who, wanted to ask you this because you live uh, lived there for a while i have traveled there uh, uh, many times and then i spoke to uh, a lot of people and it's amazing how there is such a high degree of respect for mother teresa in calcutta by calcuttans because they have no clue what is happening they have never visited a nirmal hruday they've been sitting in their homes and reading you know whatever newspaper says 
and uh, uh, maybe because jyoti boshu said something about uh, uh, you know mother teresa as being a great person a lot of people just say oh she is a pride of calcutta so that's the irony right i mean she's basically painting your city in the darkest colors possible and you are glorifying her for that for yeah for and you are saying that that's it. one of the great things in calcutta is missionaries of charity so that's the irony and that shows the ignorance of some of the people and of course there are people in calcutta who know the problems no, 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 and who, yeah. who speak about it but i'm talking about the common people who you know you just go on the street and you you know drinking a tea and you're talking to somebody this is the kind of impression that she has made and that is also again like we were discussing earlier the the media machinations that have made a sinner into a saint no what is also what i also missed um, in my uh, discussion uh, about the actual state of uh, missionaries of charity what goes on inside those walls is that needles are not still right uh, sterilized and people who are almost on the uh, deathbed you know cancer patients are given painkillers like aspirin they are not taken to proper hospitals which are just like you put that person in a cab and 10 minute 10 minutes uh, away there's a nice hospital which uh, provides great care you know when what you, charity is this when, what what human humane service is this you know when you say all these things somehow i'm you know having a picture of a concentration camp in my head yeah it is a constant it is a pious concentration camp yeah so in some sense you look at again going back to how the media is creating such a narrative on one side if you the moment you say hitler you are such a dark and gory image comes and the moment you say mother teresa all peace and love blue but, and white sari blue and white sari mm-hmm. but deep down there seems to be very very less difference between these two people no there isn't because uh, uh, go and look up uh, something called as a hitler's pope that's perhaps uh, a discussion a separate topic that we can have on another day you will get some extremely interesting uh, insights but uh, uh, let's leave it at that uh, let's not spoil the uh, suspense but apart from uh, her uh, whatever so called seva Mm-hmm. her hospitalization services and caring for the sick and dying this lady this pious saint mother teresa in the wake of the bhopal gas tragedy she has the gall to give a public statement to the victims of the dead people because of the union carbide tragedy she has a gall to tell the survivors the surviving uh, family and friends and well wishers of the victims that forgive forgive everything will be all right forgive forgive whom union carbide and who helped warren anderson to escape rajiv gandhi's government don't forget that arjun singh was the chief minister of madhya pradesh yeah and so it's in some sense again you you see a close connection between the the congress regime especially you know i think post indira gandhi with rajiv gandhi and the you now italian connection and everything i think like nehru had the communists and uh, indira gandhi continued to cultivate them with the ascent of rajiv gandhi slowly there seemed to be a move from the communists to the christian forces yeah well i mean uh, that's that's true historically accurate but look at in in this thing what i could uh, whatever from what you just said what i could derive is that it, it seems that india has become like a kind of a playground 
for anyone to come here from anywhere and do whatever. Yeah, that's again because the, the awareness is so low and it has been carefully cultivated and presented in such a way that all these oppressors are in fact uh, people who are come to protect and save and uh, uh, you know to do dhara like we say you know they have come to save you salvation and salvation save yeah. your damn soul yeah they are going to take Mine you as well. on a you know uh, whatever the equivalent of a pushpaka vimana <laughs> to the uh, paradise right so i suppose uh, we have covered most of the ground out here and uh, maybe we'll do a repeat podcast if uh, new news from the hell called uh, hell's abode called missionaries of charity nirmal hriday which we have from whichever branch such uh, uh, unfortunate news uh, will come again i'm sure it will because it has been coming it has been coming there has, it has been very consistent no, in no, some no, way no the fact that it has been gone on uh, i mean like you're not a thief until you get caught so they've got uh, they've gotten caught this time perhaps they'll lie low again and then then they'll start restart this uh, same nonsense and what i think this all means to us uh, as you know uh, citizens of india and uh, people who want to look at the future of our country to be bright and we want uh, to go in a path which uh, leads us to peace and where all the people are happy now a lot of the victims here are christians themselves and oh, absolutely uh, true therefore it's important for uh, people to become aware of these kinds of ponzi schemes in some sense and uh, call them out call out the bluff and not to pander to this uh, pseudo uh, philosophy of uh, sarva dharma samabhava which is very dangerous and also known as secularism in india the indian brand of secularism brand of which is very dangerous not just for hindus obviously dangerous for hindus but also for muslims christians, christians. Everybody. everybody because it basically means that you're using a pseudo ideology to oppress people irrespective to of divide the society i mean everybody wants a piece of the pie called india yeah so i guess we can kind of uh, uh, stop there for those who want to you know uh, have a more uh, comprehensive um, <clears throat> information about the cult of mother teresa uh, i would uh, kindly urge you to read uh, obviously the missionary position mother teresa in theory and practice by christopher hitchens mother teresa the final verdict by dr arup chatterji mother teresa come be my light the private writings of the saint of calcutta and uh, you can obviously google uh, for the criticism and you know documentation on the activities and life of mother teresa there's enough and more uh, uh, well researched and authentic information about this uh, fake saint who arup chatterji calls as the gaul of calcutta and whom uh, hitchens calls as hell's angel so that um, in effect brings us to the end of uh, this episode we do this every week we feature you know uh, important events like this and uh, given in depth uh, uh, commentary and have a lively discussion uh, it's been my pleasure hari ravi kumar uh, this is sandeep balakrishna signing off hari ravi kumar